Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is episode 52 of Stands and Fits presented by the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University from the Carl Chevrolet Podcast Studios. What's up, Fitzy? How's it going? Pretty good, man. Back, uh, back in the studio recording. Back in the studio recording. We've been, uh, we had to move our time around a little bit. We did. Uh, just different things going on that we've had to kind of work our way around it. So we're not going to talk much basketball just because of the fact that Iowa State and Texas Tech will be tipping off three hours after we get done recording this. So if you're looking forward to a lot of Iowa State hoops talk, this is not the podcast for you. Right. This is not the podcast you are looking for. I will be recording the Instant Reaction podcast. Yeah, look out for that one. The man. game against Texas Tech. So you can look for that one as well. Uh, to start the podcast, we got a chance to interview a former Iowa State football player, a graduate from the Iowa State College of Business, and a guy who went through the professional MBA program at the Ivy School there. Uh, Seth Zier played football at Iowa State from 2002 to 2006. Obviously, came in at a pretty exciting time in Iowa State football history. The, you know, the, the last year was Seneca, a couple bowl games, uh, Big 12 North co-champions. Yep. All under Coach Mack. All under Coach McCarney. And obviously, he had a lot of really good things to say about Coach Mack and, and his time at Iowa State. So we're going to lead the podcast off with that. It's about 20 minutes. And then we will talk to you again on the backside. All right, welcome to our interview with uh, former Iowa State offensive lineman Seth Zier, who played for Coach McCarney back in the uh, early to mid-2000s. So how are you doing today, Seth? Doing good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, no problem. Uh, like I said before we came on air, we got snow down here, but it sounds like you got some brown grass up there, which is pretty nice for you guys up in Minneapolis. Yeah, it's been uh, an abnormal winter thus far, but knowing that we could easily get a snowstorm as late as April. So I won't hold my breath. Sounds good. Well, hey, to, to kick things off here, uh, just, I guess, give your, give the audience a little bit of background in yourself. Uh, tell us like where you grew up and maybe tell us how you eventually wound up at Iowa State. Sure. Um, so I'm originally from Fort Dodge, Iowa. Um, actually, even at, Digging a little bit deeper, a fun fact, grew, grew up initially in a, close to a small town called Manson, Iowa. Then we moved to to the city, um, to, to Fort Dodge. I often tell people up here in Minneapolis that Fort Dodge is actually a city. It isn't a farm town. It's 25,000 people or more, which makes it count. Um, I have to convince people up here in the Twin Cities of that, but I, uh, I, I can support that. Um, so grew up there. I was the youngest of four boys. Um, definitely a, a football family. So my two oldest brothers played offensive line for a university of Northern Iowa. And, uh, my third oldest brother played, um, for central, uh, division three football in Pella. Um, he played more on the defensive side. He, he was the one that, uh, we, we say had more of the speed play DN and linebacker. And, uh, so we all played, uh, in high school up through the ranks for uh, four Dodge senior high for the Dodgers. Um, and then kind of my journey to Iowa State. So, you know, had that strong family football tradition, love of football. Um, there was a point in time where my parents were going to a college game, a high school game, and a junior high game. So every weekend during the fall was pretty much jam-packed with football, um, but which was definitely a lot of fun for our family. Uh, but, yeah, during my time at Fort Dodge, um, I'd say starting my sophomore, junior year, started getting recruited a lot more. Um, uh, a lot of the local schools, um, Iowa, Iowa State, and uh, University of Northern Iowa, and really had a strong connection with Iowa State. Um, uh, Nick Mosier, who's a year older than me, uh, went to Iowa State, um, and a strong connection through him, and just knew a lot with the coaching staff, a uh, number of the players, and, and uh, so really when it came to uh, starting to look at schools and examine them pretty hard, um, took some campus visits and I actually committed early. I committed uh, before my senior year of uh, football at Fort Dodge Senior High. Um, after visits, knew that Iowa State was my home. Uh, definitely was impressed with some of the other schools, but it just felt like the right place and home. So I uh, made that decision and, and the rest was history. 
at what point did you uh, realize that you wanted to to focus on business then, uh, you know, as far as your academic side of things at Iowa State? So if I'm being completely honest, um, so when uh, looking at education-wise for Iowa State and choosing them, knew that they had a strong engineering school, but also was impressed with their business school. Um, coming out of high school, those were the two areas I was most interested in is uh, engineering and then business. Had a physics pr- professor in high school that uh, was great, really enjoyed him and really challenged me to think about engineering. But I took a few calculus classes, which I did all right, um, but I decided that was enough math for me. So I said, I'll pass on engineering and went business. Um, and then, you know, that was the one thing, took some uh, preliminary classes and um, just really, I wouldn't necessarily say fall, fell in love, but really found that that was a strong suit for me and what I enjoyed doing. Uh, we went the finance route. Um, so accounting and finance used to go hand in hand. I went more on the finance route and that was the path I took even on undergrad and going on to the MBA program. So then I believe you uh, received numerous academic awards during your football career. Uh, I think, I believe academic all big 12, uh, at least once, or maybe more than that, actually. Um, is there one academic award that you're more proud of than the others or is, are they all kind of just, you know, cool to get? Uh, you know what? I can't necessarily speak to one individually, but I'd say in terms of the consistency. So you mentioned uh, academic all big 12. I mean, to me, that was definitely an honor because um, it recognizes not only your, um, your play on the field, but play in the classroom um, and, you know, taking heart and value of being a, an, a student athlete. So just the consistency around that one, having um, received that award, uh, you know, more than one year. And then um, another award that was, uh, uh, I would say, academic slash off-field, on-field related. So within um, within our team, there are specific awards. There's, and uh, my senior year, I received the Reuben J. Miller Award. And that's uh, one really reflected of um, not only representation on the field, but off the field and academics and just life. Um, and that's, I would say uh, it's award definitely, uh, unique and special to me. Um, cause that's recognized within, within our team and within our Iowa state family. So then just kind of give us a update on everything you've been up to since you left Iowa state. And, and then what do you do now up in the twin cities? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So update on me now. So I was, I was 2002 to 2006, so during the Dan McCartney era, um, and then just history of that. So, to, I guess to frame up my time frame there, so 2002 was the last year of Seneca, so Seneca Wallace. So that was a year, actually the last year before last season that were ranked in the top 10. Um, so that was a, a kind of a seesaw year where it started out with Florida State and just a lot of potential, had a lot of momentum. Got highest ranked as top ten, and then we kind of peter out at the end, which was unfortunate, but still, still a good season. Um, and then my last year is 2006, so that would have been uh, McCartney's last year. Had a lot of you know successes, some challenges amidst all those years, um, but great experience. And then after I was done 2006, um, decided to hang up the cleats and just focus on education. So. I was fortunate enough to come in with college credit, and then um, I always tell people, you know, in college athletics, you're there year-round, whether you like it or not, and so you take advantage of it. So taking summer classes and any additional classes I could, I was able to finish undergrad earlier and decided to go the route of getting my MBA um, and was able, so while I was playing football, was able to get a year of my MBA done and then just had a year left, um, actually... Yeah, a year left of school, so finished, got married. I guess I shouldn't forget that. That was very important. Um, married my high school sweetheart. She also attended Iowa State. Uh, her name's Nicole. And uh, so we got married after the 2006 season and then um, finished up grad school. And then after that, had an opportunity to uh, work for United Health Group, a private health insurance company up in uh, the Twin Cities. And so um, after I graduated from the MBA program December of 2007, we moved up to the Twin Cities um, and worked for United Health Group. Oh, almost uh, a little bit over 10 years uh, in the field of finance, corporate finance, specifically financial planning and analysis, uh, budgeting forecasts, just number stuff. 
Um, and uh, while we're up there, just established a community, a church, um, met a lot of friends, and it's just been great up here. Then started a family up here. So going from newlyweds to zero kids to now uh, been married actually as of uh, yesterday, 12 years and four kids. Um, so our kids are Brooke Bell, Becca, and Braden. With the B theme, uh, the age is seven, five, three, and one, and then now actually recently, uh, uh, like I said, been with United Healthcare for a while, and now currently work with Blue Cross Blue Shield in Minnesota. Started there in June, still doing corporate finance type work, um, and I'm the director of FP&A for their National Solutions Division. So that's that's the recap of then and now. So busy, uh, busy managing you know work and life and kids and having a blast. Yeah, it sounds like you certainly got your hands full with the kids there, but that's that's awesome to hear. You got a nice family up there. So, um, you you mentioned that you played for Coach Mack during his, the tail end of his coaching career here at Iowa State. Um, is there anything about him like during your time that stands out to you? Like, are there any Coach Mack stories that you like to throw out there in specific? You know what, I can't think of any specific, but I think if you talk to any um, Coach Mack guys, we're always going to hit on. You cannot replicate Coach Mack energy. That man is full of energy and excitement. Um, if you need a pump-up speech, Coach Mack is the one to invite. Um, just his passion, uh, not only for the game, but for his players and the team, uh, you can't – hard to emulate that. And that uh, I'd say, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure I speak for all of us players who played for him. That's, that's something special um, when it comes to coaching. Um, and what he invests in young people and young people as myself, uh, just with that authenticity and passion behind what he loves doing and loves coaching. Uh, you see it. He, he wears that on his sleeves. And uh, I think that was definitely evident for those who played for him, but also fans and uh, Iowa State faithful alike. They got to see what you see is what you get. Um, so, like I said, nothing specific, but, I mean, definitely memories and, and – uh, Special special times with Mac was just his, his intense intensity and energy and just the the love that he brought to us players in the game for the game and uh, coaching uh, um, just throughout all all the ups and downs and challenges and successes and um, really a guy who got it. You got obviously played during a a time when Iowa State football was having you know, quite a bit of success relative, I guess, to the, the history of the program, a couple bowl games. And, you know, you, like you mentioned, uh, Seneca being on team and all that stuff and a lot of excitement around the program. What's it been like for you to, to kind of see that, uh, grow back again now here in the last couple of years with coach Campbell and, you know, getting to win in the Liberty bowl last year and then going to the Alamo bowl and then kind of being, uh, you know, one of the, the good stories of college football over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, no, it's, it's exciting. Um, it, uh, you know, when I was there with coach Mack, um, so I came in 2002 area, um, and where there's that expectation to win, um, that desire and expectation of, of winning. And this, this is what this program's about and what we're doing. Um, but also with that, got a lot of history lesson of, you know, look of where we came from and, and what we've had to do to build this. But also what I appreciate it too, is, you know, oftentimes, old players would come back and let's say they weren't part of, you know, the successful era that we had and go from there, but really hitting on and coach Mack would often hit on this, like you're part of the cyclone family and you're part of building that foundation um, to get to where we were at at that time. And even amidst the ups and downs, you're a part of it. You're a part of it, part of that legacy, a part of that foundation. So that for me segues into just seeing the success now, knowing that even though I play <laughs> I mandate mean, myself here now, uh, almost, you know, a little bit over 12 years ago now, uh, still part of that second family and part of that foundation, part of that tradition. So it's definitely excited to see what Coach Campbell's doing to to get that that swagger back um, and that confidence of, hey, we're not we're not here to compete, we're here to win. So going back to your time uh, on the field, uh, you were a member of a team that had some big wins, including the 2005-23-3 Cyhawk victory over number eight, Iowa. Are there any specific accomplishments on the field that you look back on finally, either as an individual or as a team? Um, you know, in one season, 
So that that was one. So that was during 2005, and that was, you know, if I if I try to think back of, you know, from 2002 to 2006, every every season, even the downs had had their unique um, special memories attached to them. I think 2005 was the special season. There was definitely one of those where I'd say the the tough pill to swallow was the potential of that team that we had. I mean, there's times I, I have a plaque up. Um, just because that was the year we went to the Houston Bowl, we played TCU and felt short against them. But look at a number of the scores and how close we were. There's a few, I think, a number of games we lost in overtime and just, uh, you know, finishing, just finishing with the details. Um, and that was, you know, amidst the wins and losses, those are some of the lessons learned of, hey, here's the potential, even with the success, but the potential of, of, uh, of how you can strive to get better and achieve more. Um, that that Iowa win was definitely special and great momentum going on the rest of the season. Um, but you know what? If I were to pick one, I really can't. I mean, for me, it's the it's the entire experience. I, I, people often ask me, so what do you miss? What do you miss about playing college football and your time there? And I, and I tell them, you know what? The two things that pop into my mind are, you know what? The games, just the intensity, the mixed emotions with the games and the excitement uh, with all of them. And then also just uh, my teammates, the camaraderie, the the band of brothers that you you do year year round workouts together, and all that culminates to the time on the field. And when you get out there and perform and leave it all out there, it's just it's uh, it's a special brotherhood. Um, so so for me, my takeaways, my memories are attached to those guys that I was out there on the field with, and and, and a number of those games. Um, it was definitely, I was fortunate and blessed to play uh, in, in a lot of games and actually be injury-free. All my injuries came during my Richard freshman year, so I was, God bless me to keep me healthy on the field too. Have you had an opportunity to to get back to Ames and go to a game or, you know, just, I guess, be around uh, the university anytime recently? Uh, you know what? So the last time I actually did go back to the Baylor game, um, but I really haven't had the opportunity to, you know, go back uh, for a while now for, um, I guess it's been probably two years ago um, since I've been connected with some of the teammates and guys for a, a alumni uh, featured event. And then uh, two years ago, went back, the time that I went back was uh, Coach Mack was inducted into the Iowa State um, Hall of Fame, which is pretty special to connect uh, with Coach Mack again and a few of the other guys. Again, when I hit on it earlier, you know, it's a, it's a family and uh, how we're all connected and um, had the opportunity to, um, well, actually, I didn't have the opportunity to connect with them, but I know Coach Campbell stopped by, which says a lot, too, that program. It's once, it's truly, I know he's said it before, and seen that just with his interaction with other teammates and also family of mine. Once a cyclone, always a cyclone. So it was good seeing his representation there. And then uh, what I was going to hit on, the last game I've been back to was the Baylor game this year, which... I got to take my oldest, uh, me and a buddy, and took our oldest, uh, which was, if anybody recalls that game, it was quite cold. Uh, but uh, my oldest, my seven-year-old, uh, she she loved it, which was which was cool to see because it was definitely uh, you, the the Cyclone faithful got tested in terms of the elements, but it was good to see um, them pull off a win that Baylor game. That's cool. It's always good to bond with the next generation of Cyclone fans for sure. Um, so I guess looking ahead, is there anything for the 2019 Iowa state football team next year, what would you consider maybe a key or two that will be the difference between them, uh, making the next step? You know, right away, it's coming to mind. Um, I mean, that experience that a lot, a lot of returners coming back, leveraging that, then it's also the next man up, uh, you know, in the league that the big 12 and college football nowadays it's depth is important um so with the recruiting base and everything that's coming in i think there's a lot of potential for Iowa state to continue to establish themselves again not just competing but but expecting to win and uh, i think it's been evident too with this past season that it's just it's not just winning but it's uh competing and winning championships and that's the goal that's the goal of mine i think everybody looks at at uh, what the potential was, one basically, you know, one game away um, from uh, playing the Big 12 championship. If you take down Texas and everything lines up, you're playing Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship. 
I know during my time, uh, there was a couple chances that we have. And I think this, this team and this program is in place to get itself there. Um, but it's, again, building on that experience, uh, you know, focusing on the details, fine tuning, um, working on that depth, I think, uh, in terms of offense and defense, um, it's, it's established itself, you know, the program's established itself, uh, the right and the opportunity to, to be, to have itself to see at that table of, of competing for championships. So excited about that. I think there's a lot to continue to build on, um, and the potential's, you know what, cliche, but true, sky's the limit. Last one we have for you here. You've obviously had a lot of success in your life, whether that be on the, the football field or um, in the in the business world. What kind of advice would you give to maybe a young person, you know, just whether they want to be a good athlete or, or then eventually if they want to go and get into business and, you know, and just continue to have uh, success as a professional as well? The advice I would give, you know what? You know, advice given to me and advice I've embraced. So I'll share that I'm a man of faith and strong faith in God and the talents that he's gifted me. Uh, I've always felt fortunate um, just with the ability and the opportunity to play football in uh, the Big 12 and then being awarded a scholarship and uh, the education that I've received from Iowa State University. Um, felt privileged, you know, with my undergrad and my MBA and where it's Open up opportunities and doors to where I'm at today, all that connected, um, knowing that God's gifted me with uh, abilities to perform on the football field, but also uh, also uh, in the professional world, um, in the workplace, and just using those abilities to, to give him the honor and glory in everything you do um, and, and uh, reaching that potential. Um, and, and you know what? At the end of the day, having no regrets, knowing that you left it all out on the field, on the classroom. And uh, just doing the best you can, and the rest will take care of itself. Because, um, uh, because in the end, you know, this is one of the things in life lessons learned from sports and education. Uh, you give your best, and you leave it all out there. You you have no re regrets, and you can accept whatever the result is in the end. And you have a, and you have peace in knowing that uh, you did your best. And in my case, knowing that I did my best to give God the glory with my talents and and gifts, and uh, try to continue to strive to do that as a dad, as a father, as a husband, and uh, in any situation I'm encountered with. Very well said. Uh, that's a great answer. Um, I do believe, though, that that is all that we have for you today, Seth. Um, certainly, thank you for coming on Stands and Fits today. Um, is there anything else you'd like to close with regarding Iowa State or anything else you want to say before we let you go? Uh, you know what? Just close with uh, thanks again for letting me uh, join in on your podcast here. And uh um, you know, excited for the continued, you know, basketball seasons with women's basketball, men's basketball, and then also wrestling too. all, all the Cyclone family in sports. And all I can end with saying is, uh, go Cyclones. Thanks guys. Thanks, man. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to stands and fits on the Cyclone Fanatic podcast network. Hey guys, it's Chris interrupting this podcast because you know, everybody wants to know that I get it asked all the time. How can we help Cyclone Fanatic? Well, you help Cyclone Fanatic by you support our advertisers and everybody needs to be aware of eye care. I wasn't for a long time and I went to Ames Eye Care and they really helped me out. It's changed my life. I don't have headaches the way that I did. You've heard me talk about this. They're also in Des Moines at Des Moines Eye Care. And you need to think about this with your family. Get the kids checked out. Encourage the wife. Anything. Personalized eye care. Designer eyewear. I've got these sweet Maui gym glasses that I use at work all the time. People think they look awesome. They meet your whole family's vision needs at Ames and Des Moines Eye Care. Check them out today and support Cyclone Fanatic. Welcome back to Stands and Fits, presented by the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University, back in the Carl Chevrolet Podcast Studios in Ankeny. So I, you want to do a, a brief talk about basketball? I know we said in the intro we wouldn't talk a whole lot about it, but maybe just do yeah. a couple minutes. Yeah, we can do a little bit. Um, I'm trying to think of what the best way to attack this is. Kansas State sucked. Yeah. The end of that game did. Kansas State was awful. Uh, that was a very disappointing performance. Again, by the time most people will be listening to this, there will be another another result against Texas Tech. Hopefully a good one. Hopefully a positive result. Uh, you didn't get a pick in. 
for the for our predictions. I didn't get a pick in for any of the predictions because I don't have access in WordPress. So someone needs to get me access in WordPress so you I know can start what, making man? predictions. You know what? Uh, since you're going to complain about it, I'll give you... Right I now? think I have the power to give you access right now. Just assume that I would have picked every game correctly so far and we can roll from there. I can't believe you don't have access to edit things. That's weird. It's probably because you guys thought I would like sabotage other people's articles when I came on or something yeah, like man, that. Yeah, man. You know, we didn't know really what you're... What I was all what about. you were going to be like mm-hmm. when when you came in, whether or not you were going to try and maybe I was a mole pull some funny business on us. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. You uh, I've been upgraded. You are officially now no longer just an author. You are now a contributor. Wow. I think I fe- that's what you need to be. I feel so honored. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to get off after this and check it out and see if I can get in those things. Yeah, I'm looking to see. Uh, yeah, I, I could have been emailing my picks to you guys, but I feel like that's a little clunky anyway. So well. Okay, you actually okay. I gotta update you again. That was not the correct one to update you to, so oh, I gotta do, do another update. So you're just trying to yank my leg on that one. Then you have now joined uh, me and Chris Williams and Rob Gray and Kirk Holland and Brent Bloom as an administrator. So now I'm now I'm an admin, which if, is lovely. If anybody questions it, uh, we're gonna assume that C Dub didn't listen to this, and we'll have no idea how it happened. Okay. But I'll, I'll secretly blame you behind the scenes. <laughs> you now, like when the next time he says, "Hey, you guys can put your picks in," you just need to go in and put a pick in. Like, yeah, because he probably doesn't even format it for you to add one. I'll just sneak in there, throw it in there. No one, will, no one will even notice that my pick is in there and it hadn't been in there for the first few weeks. So. Right. You yeah. have to. Only loyal listeners of Stands and Fits will know that you That's didn't true. actually make a prediction. There's probably like two or three people out there that have been really wishing that I had been putting my predictions in. I but. just remember like the first. I think the last two games I've looked at it and I'm like, man, where's Fitzy at? Like, did he not put a pick in? Like, feels a little, uh, a little unwhole in a way. I kept thinking too. I was like, hey, I need a. No, no, no. It's, I it's, should remind Fitzy to get his pick in. It's not necessarily by choice. It's by uh, inability. Okay, fair enough. But uh, so the game against Kansas State obviously was frustrating. Um, I mean, I don't think right now if we just look at this from a larger point of view, it's hard even right now to really get a good grasp on like what the, you know, what the, the race is or anything like that. Yeah. Cause just cause it's so early in the, in the conference slate, but at the same time, people will say that there's a bunch of time left and you can still turn it around. But at the same time, every game is weighted equally. Right. And you can make the argument for, for you should win the home games. Maybe you can let up a few road games. Like, in reality, you want to win every game. Yeah, and I think that it's the the fact that you lose at home is the one that's most that makes it most frustrating, mm-hmm. especially when you had the opportunities to close the game. Yeah, that they did. Like the Baylor game and its ending were frustrating, but again, losing to Kansas State, who at this point is probably an underachieving team, mm-hmm. uh, definitely sucks in the in the race for the Big Twelve. Yeah, and I mean, I think Kansas State. I feel like they're probably going to. Like kind of escalate things here yeah. in the next couple of weeks. You they'll know get, what I mean? They'll get things figured out because they weren't that great of a team during the regular season last year either. No. And just as the number of in- injuries and stuff that they've battled. I mean, their guards are good, dude. Like, yeah, they, they are. Barry Brown is freaking good. Yep. And, you know, Xavier Sneed's a good player. Uh, obviously, having Dean Wade back now. And you could tell that he wasn't back at 100% mm-hmm. yet when he played against Iowa State on uh, – on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But once he gets back into the groove of things, I mean, I think that he'll probably be back at a, a really high level. But I mean, I think that the, that it stays one thing that stayed true, you know, through the games early this week is that the door is still really open because of the fact that Kansas still just looks really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it comes down. Texas has a last shot opportunity to beat them in yeah. Lawrence. Somebody's going to beat them there. Yeah. You know, Iowa State will have an opportunity to, to do so on Monday. Uh, and it really, I think that what happens tonight will have a big impact on the race just because it's, it, if Texas Tech moves to 5-0, and mm-hmm. then, I mean, they're very squarely in the driver's seat, I would say, because they will have faced two of their bigger tests or one of their bigger tests in having Iowa State come into, into, Hill, or into, into Lubbock. Yeah, and at this point, I would say that especially after the Kansas game. Again, everyone was so high on Iowa State then. But even still now, after dropping a couple games, I think most people would say that Iowa State and Texas Tech are the two biggest teams that have a shot at knocking off Kansas this year. Mm -hmm. 
So this Man, I game, forget though that Oklahoma's ranked like 14. They are. And it's so weird because they lost Trey Young and you figure they'd take a step back. Well, yeah. I mean, o- Oklahoma's just out here proving the the Ewing theory to be yeah. factual just time and time again. And I here, I'm gonna pull it up. I know they play tonight too. It's so strange because I, I feel like Yeah, they've got Kansas State tonight. Ever since the, their conference opener against Kansas, or at least one of those for you early games, mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything about them. Yeah. <clears throat> the only th- so okay, if Iowa State was to go to Assuming they win tonight, which I would think is a good assumption against Kansas State at home. Uh, at that point, if Iowa State could win tonight, then they would go to they'd be tied for third gotcha. behind Texas Tech and in, uh, in, in Kansas. Mm. But I think maybe we're maybe we're sleeping on the Sooners a little bit just just because of the fact that people, you know, you think about Trey Young being gone. You're like, oh, no, there's no way that they're going to be back in the mix. But yeah, I mean, they're they're doing everything they need to right now in order to, to be able to hang tough. And they've already played at Kansas and at Texas tech. Yeah. And I think you have to give some credit to Lon Kruger there. Like I think everyone, you know, kind of knew he was a good coach, but this is just further proving, you know, he can, he can take a program that lost such a star player like Trey mm-hmm. young and keep him at a plan at a high caliber. It is kind of weird with the big 12 scheduling, how, how Iowa state won't play them until February, you know, yeah. and they will have already played at that point. Oklahoma State twice and Kansas twice. Yeah, it, it bothers me that, again, we're playing Oklahoma State in Hilton on Saturday and then K- Kansas on Big Monday. Right. Back to back. And we'll be done with both of those teams. Fortunately, you might be catching Oklahoma State at a pretty good time. Yeah, they just uh, released three of their players off their roster, didn't they? Right. And I think they kicked somebody off the team last week for some reason. Yeah. So I they, feel like I remember that. So they must have some bad character apples on that. Or they they had some bad character apples yeah. on that team. Who who knows? But I mean, I, I, I would say that that makes that an easier yeah. win, hopefully, you know, and hopefully you can take care of business there. And then whatever happens in Lawrence, you know, happens, I guess. I would say that if Iowa State lost to Texas Tech and then came back and lost to a decimated Oklahoma State team at home, then that's officially panic button time. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, I think right now the panic button is in the room. Yeah, it's in the room, but it's like on the other side of the room. Right. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, it's over there by the window. Yeah. And we're. You know, maybe every once in a while we're pre- we're taking a peek at it. Yeah, you just give it a little quick little glance, but you're not. not it's just, like no, no, just no, to make no. sure it's there, just in case. And I really even think if they, we said we're not going to talk about this game. If they go to Lubbock <laughs> and play well, and you lose by two to the number eight team in the country, that's you know, at that point you're like, oh, it's like okay, hey, it, it happened. You know, like yeah. what, whatever. Like you lost the number eight team in the country by two points on their home court. Now I will say, but if, if you go and get your ass kicked, then all of a sudden you've got then then we're maybe looking at that thing a little bit more. I will say though that if they have a lead late in the game and they kind of quote unquote blow it again, though there will be a big meltdown again. Oh yeah. Even though Texas Tech is a very good team. Yeah. All right, that's enough hoops. I think. Okay. Uh, that was more than I was planning on talking about. Yeah. It, I'm glad we did. Some other big news coming out of Wednesday is the announcement that Iowa State has not scheduled a spring game for the second consecutive year. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about there not being a spring game? Um, I've never been a huge spring game fan. Like the one year I went, it was less than an hour long. And again, it's not technically a real game mm-hmm. format. Like they just throw out different situations most of the time. So it doesn't really bother me that much. Um, I know some people like to tailgate for it and it lines up nicely because usually it's on the same day as size has trivia. So it just gives you another thing to do while you're in Ames for that. But for me, um, if coach Campbell thinks it's going to be better to use that as a regular practice, then I say go for it. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point with everything that he's been able to do it, if he doesn't want to do the spring game, then, yeah. you know, Hey, that's cool, man. Like, like if, it, if it, what does, if he doesn't think it does any good for the program, then the fans shouldn't be worked up about the fact that it's like, hey, why are you taking away our tailgating day in April? <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, fans can still t- tailgate if they want. Right. Like, you don't technically need a game to go out in the lots and do something. Yeah. And I, I've seen people on Twitter already having that conversation that they want to yeah. there was like, have some sort of party in the lots. Yeah. And I saw someone post a poll of which uh, weekend it would work best. And in my opinion, you should just wait until you get a good weather weekend. Yeah. Which but. is probably hard to plan something it like is. that i mean you gotta probably plan it in advance but you have to try your best but yeah weather is most would, important i think it's better to just announce it now and say we're not doing it than to plan it and then have like i mean people plan on like coming to have their tailgate and all this stuff and then like the day before it's like yeah we're not doing the game yeah i agree it's good to get it out there yeah and at the end of the day it's not like it made the university any money 
you know, mm-hmm. not charging ticket fees or anything Correct. like that. It's just like, yeah, it it's just over, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I, I think that we're probably on the same page. If it, if it's not the best thing for the program, then trust coach Campbell on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, another note, I think that is, uh, is good to touch on. Iowa state has set up an official visit with Miami graduate transfer wide receiver, Lawrence Cager, uh, Big body. Big body. A lot like Hakeem Butler. Yeah, I'm pulling him up right now. Lawrence Cager, Miami. I want to say he's 6'5 and 218 or something like that. He is 6'5, 200 pounds. That is according to uh, 247. Okay. And he was a three-star recruit, a high three-star out of high school when he signed with the Hurricanes. Uh, I'm looking to see some of the other schools that he maybe visited. Visited Alabama. In January of 2015. What about what do they know about football? Uh, he was offered by Auburn. I don't know if he hadn't. Oh yeah, he had an offer from Alabama. Uh, <laughs> officially visited Ohio State. Uh, so basically, the who's who of college football. Yeah, he had a lot of good offers: Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan State, Notre now, Dame, Ole Miss. I did some go, schools that know a thing or two about wide receivers. Indeed. They they decided to offer him. I did go do a little bit of snooping on Miami message boards just to see if they had threads on him uh departing the program. And actually it sounds like they a lot of them uh realize he has a ton of a potential, but at the same time, some of them say that he struggles with drops, like yeah. catching the easy bunnies. I'm so, pulling up his CFB reference. So that's a lot like you could even think uh that Hakeem Butler struggled with the same thing. This last year. In three years of play, he had 45 catches for 681 yards, which is 15.1 yards per catch, which is, you know. Up there. Not in Hakeem Butler territory quite, but it's still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and then 10 touchdowns. So, good player. Yep. Guy that would obviously be a huge addition uh, when you're trying to fill the void left by Hakeem Butler, and he will be visiting next weekend. Not this coming weekend, but the weekend after. So, Probably I'm sure we'll thing. have plenty more time to, supposed to be discuss that. Absolutely craptastically cold this weekend yeah oh yeah so yeah imagine going to the football game in kansas city mm, it would be both a blast and miserable at the same time yeah man i mean i there won't be a sober person in the in the building no assuming that they're of of drinking age and even even then there'll probably be some people that aren't of drinking age that aren't sober you got to get at least six or seven beers in you before you're warm enough yeah anybody that is going to the game i found this interesting have you ever heard about so if you go to a game at Lambeau, everybody brings cardboard. Do you know that? No. Because it's, you put it on the ground and then you, you stand on it and it's supposed to keep your feet warmer than if you're just standing on the cement. I guess that makes sense just because the cardboard itself probably hasn't collected so much cold, like, you know, absorbed yeah. the cold. It's just like some barrier in between the concrete and your feet that's supposed to keep your feet a little bit warmer than it would be if it was just, which I think, hey, if people it, like if, if you're going, works. if you're going to a game at Jack Trice next year and the forecast is like it was for the drake game throw your cardboard down i don't think it would probably do much help i guess and when it's sleeting outside but that's true uh if it's you know just it, cold bitterly cold then then maybe that would be a thing that people want to keep an eye on an idea knowing knowing our luck the 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 security at jack tri stadium wouldn't let you bring in cardboard or something how would that be different than a sign though i wouldn't think it would that's a good point you could disguise your cardboard as a sign there you go <laughs> Yeah, just like write some sort of generic saying on it. Like go, the old go, NCAA football games where yeah, it's like, yeah. mom, please send money or whatever. Yeah. Hi, mom. Like just those random signs that they would show on there. Mm. Man, shout out to NCAA football. Good it ideas. all comes back to NCAA football all the time. All right. You got anything else that you think we need to uh, touch on here? Um, one quick thing, actually. Regarding transfers, uh, Jalen Hurts is headed to Oklahoma. He is headed to Oklahoma. Which is going to be big, big, big 12 news. It is. Um I, the only thing for me, and obviously this is big news because of the fact that Lincoln Riley has had so much success with those transfers the last two years. Mm -hmm. The one difference is that didn't Baker have a year where he was there before he played? And then Kyler had a year where he was there before he played. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Jalen Hurts is obviously coming from Alabama. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like he's not coming from a place where he wasn't getting, you know, top level coaching or something like that. Yeah. But that will be one thing to me that I think will be a little bit different than these past two guys where it's like they come in and win the Heisman. I wouldn't think that 
Jalen Hurts all of a sudden will be like a Heisman front runner or something. Agreed. I think it could be the kind of thing where he where he and Oklahoma's offense start off a little rocky Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the year and then they get better as the year goes along. It'll probably be different too, just because he's a different kind of player. I mean, he's more of a power runner than the guy like Kyler. Not as much of a speed guy. Yeah. More of a plum over type runner. Man, those lucky SOBs in Norman. And then, okay, the funny thing, well, not necessarily funny depending on who you ask, but uh, they're... uh, guy who's transferring out their quarterback yeah block- austin, austin kendall yeah, yeah they're blocking him from going to the big 12 and anyone on their That's schedule so stupid yeah i don't understand the point of that like what i never do either at that point you're not you technically now at this point it's just they're gonna look bad for a couple days and then all they're gonna have to relent and be like all right yeah you can play and for all they know he could transfer to somewhere again like some one of those top tier sec schools play him in the playoff play him in the playoff exactly because they could still end up playing him at some point yeah so. i mean i think that it's just they're I think they're being rather short-sighted mm. on that situation just because of the fact that actually, I don't know. I can't even justify it. Like, I don't know why they would even come from there. Like, what's the, what's the point? It's just, it's punishing a player. That's all it is. And it's not, and, and you can't say it's like, oh, he was going to be our starter. Like you're yeah. out looking for another quarterback mm. and you've continuously brought in transfers to like, play over this guy it's very hypocritical yeah of oklahoma they are bringing in a like the number one quarterback in the class though yeah in the 2019 class spencer rattler right yeah yeah who's uh i think he's the number one pro style quarterback in the uh in the 2019 recruiting class so i that might be another thing to watch like will would it be that shocking if jalen hurts didn't go in and go like and and was if he wasn't tearing it up like this true freshman all of a sudden takes over be another two attack attack of Iowa situation. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he'll be thinking, "Man, maybe I should have gone to Maryland." Exactly. <laughs> ran sure that, ran the triple option or something. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that would have gone well. <laughs> all right, let's do hot and not. All right, you can go first. All right, uh, my hot this week: fast food at the White House. This I, know, is, I, I was actually just going to put this out on as a topic because I knew that both of us would probably want to talk. about Agreed. It. So again. I know there's that you could take this a political way if you, if you really dug into it, but I just think it's hilarious. And as a college kid, I think getting access to a, like a big spread yeah. of these fast food options would be super cool. Yeah, it in like I tweeted it out. I quoted or I just retweeted the where he said that. And when I first saw the video, I I listened. I was like, man, he's got to be kidding because the way he's <laughs> yeah. like he's like that's got to be their favorite food. I was like, mm, you're just joking, right? Yeah, right. I was like, man, I. I think he's kidding. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think he's kidding. And then once I saw the pictures of it, I was like, oh my God, it's real. Yeah. I, how is this real? And, and I, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's awesome. I, mm-hmm. I just thought it was hilarious. Like and, that that's the way that, that he like presented it. And, and I'm not a division one athlete and obviously people are different based on their own tastes and whatnot. But if I was going to the white house, I'd pro- like, I'd still be, I'd be excited for a typical, what you would think of a regular White House dinner, like, you know, a plated meal. Yeah. But I would also be excited in a different way for a fast food meal. Well, and for this, it's just, now it's like a cool story, you know, they can always be like, yeah, we went to the White House and they gave us McDonald's. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so I guess my lead in after this is if you had to pick three fast food restaurants to build, to build a, your ultimate fast food spread, what fast food restaurants would you pick? Man. So I've I've got mine if you want me to go. Okay, ahead. yeah, go ahead. Okay, so for me, I want to I want to have some variety. So I got to have at least one burger place. Mm-hmm. My burger place, my favorite burger is Culver's. Okay, and I think they've got a decent uh, menu offering as well. So I'm. But going. do they have Culver's in Washington D.C.? Um. Ooh. So wait, are we doing, are we having to go regionally? See, this is what I'm saying. Like, because it for me it'd be Bebop's, but they're probably not going to be able to get Bebop's into the White House. I think for the purposes of this question, let's just say that they you can move the White House anywhere. So you, you can include you can include anywhere. <laughs> okay, so this hypothetical situation just became even more hypothetical. Yes, extremely hypothetical. So now the president lives in Des Moines, Iowa. Des Moines, Iowa. Going he, to going yeah, to Culver's. Going to Culver's. I'm I want Bebops. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Bebops is good as well. I like that pick. Um, my second pick would be Pan Express. Okay, just because I think it's it's a different enough. It's option. not American food, but yeah, uh, it's it's American Chinese. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And then my my third would probably be. Uh, a pizza, a pizza place. I'm not sure which pizza place. I guess I did probably just go Pizza Hut just because I like stuff. Their stuff crust. So. Yeah. Did you hear? Did you hear us talking about? You probably didn't listen. Did you listen to Fanatics on Tuesday when I was on there? Mm-mm. Uh, we we're talking Ross like because their new things 
sponsored by Satellite City, the Ford Four or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was talking about Amazon Alexa speakers. Mm-hmm. And Chris just got one. And I said, I made some comment like about how uh, I'm dreading the next time I go to Chris's house. Like once he's figured out how to really use the Alexa. <laughs> he's going to want to use it all the time. Because you just know that he'll abuse it. Like yeah. I know that guy too well to know that he won't be you know, really taking advantage of that. It's either that or he'll have like some sort of tape on it, like to make sure that it's not uh, recording everything that he says. Mm, yeah. Like he, he will try to like rig it up to where it's like the government, he's government proofed it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, but I was like, I told the story about one of the first times I went and hung out with them. I think I was still in college and he started going off about how he, he had discovered that you could order pizza hut on the internet mm. And that you didn't have to talk to anybody and oh, yeah, like yeah. deliver it to him. And yeah. this was like 2015, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so pretty recently. Right. Well, yeah. So it's like well after Pizza Hut had made it where you could order Pizza Hut on the internet. Yeah. And it, it was really funny. And then I was like, man, just think about once he figures out that you can uh, order Pizza Hut. On, on Alexa. On Alexa. Yeah. And he texted us today. He, he texted me and Ross. And apparently someone had told him that uh that we were crapping on him about this thing <laughs> and i told him that we were talking about how he could order his his alexa to order pizza hut and he was he all his response was seriously and i said yes he's like how do you got to give her your credit card or something oh gosh that's funny so chris is kind of- it was i felt like he was texting us to act like he was all mad that we were crapping on him and then i told him that and immediately like his just mentality switched he was like wait i got now i gotta know how i can order pizza See, like amazon that's that's a sign that chris is officially into dad stage of life yeah it's like something like you would be like hey dad i'm gonna teach you how to use your alexa well and that is definitely a dad thing yeah. Like to get an Alexa and not really know how to do it, yeah. you know? Like, but you, you you feel cool for getting it, but at the same right. time, you're not using it to its fullest capabilities. Yeah, like all you've figured out how to do is like, is what you've heard on the iHeart commercials, the uh, <laughs> Alexa play Murph and Andy on 1460 KXNO, yeah. you know? Or just play whatever on your Amazon music. Mm. And after that, it's like, yeah. <laughs> or you like ask her to tell you a joke you just know like the very bare bones things you can do with alexa telling the joke would be perfect example oh yeah, yeah. because every, every dad just wants to be like hey alexa tell me a joke and of course you know she responds right it's like that's that's the big party quirk but now it'll thing. be like we'll walk into his house and he'll do something and then he'll like look at you you know like give you that look where he's just like <laughs> see how cool i am with my alexa exactly give you the like, side eye. are you proud of me you're proud of me that i know how to use my alexa yeah uh, i'm yeah. so hip and modern uh <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I as far as the oh breaking news, Oklahoma will grant will will grant grad transfer quarterback Austin Kendall the waiver to be immediately eligible at West Virginia. Oh, really? Breaking just as we are recording mm. this. Wow. After we probably already had somebody tweet at us and tell us that we're that they granted it. Yeah. So very gracious of you, Oklahoma. Yeah. How nice of you, folks. Mm. Folks, you down in uh on the rolling hills of of Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, my hot this week is egg have you seen this i have uh an egg someone posted a challenge on instagram after kylie jenner got the most liked picture in the history of instagram something like 18 million likes they posted a picture of an egg saying let's break kylie jenner's record and it did it has probably like 25 million likes or something on it yeah and now everybody's like posting stupid stuff trying to break the eggs record see that yeah, this isn't the first time that I've seen something like this. And that's what, well, yeah. And that's what I, my question to you, this, what is the stupidest thing that someone could post that you would like and be like, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's break this record. Well, I mean. Now an- I don't think it's got any novelty to it though. That's the thing. Like the answer could be literally any random thing. Right. Like it could be a picture of this pipe that's above us. Yeah. It could be, I don't know. I mean, so I guess if you, if you're trying to get me to name the stupidest thing I could think of. I don't even know what that would be. See, now like somebody famous needs to organically break the record again mm-hmm. so that then it can, the whole cycle can restart. Yeah. Because now the egg is like, once the egg is rebroken, celebrity. but or, or here's the other thing to think about though. If, if the egg's record is rebroken, then will that one that already has so many likes resurface? Like, you know, people will start pushing it again. It's like, Hey, we got to get the egg back up there. Pass the, pass the new record. It's just, this is just like the most internet thing ever to me. Like that someone was some, somebody out there just said, Hey, I'm going to get this egg 
to get 19 million likes. So here's a question for you. If you were Kylie Jenner, uh-huh. what would your thoughts be on this? I feel like if, if you know the internet well, which she clearly knows how to do, considering how much money she makes off of it, mm. I think you just have to own it, you know? Mm. Like, just be like, damn. See, if I was... Respect. I, I agree with you. But if I was her, I'd, I'd like, take a picture with an egg or well, something Well, knowing like her, that. I mean, on the same... I don't follow the Kardashians that much, mm. but just knowing how that, you know... Yeah. How that ecosystem works to an extent, I could see where she is. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, why did they do that, you know? Yeah. That's the thing. Like, while she knows how to work the internet, does she get the humor of the internet? Right. Is, is another question. Yeah. And it's just, the internet is just a weird place. And it, especially if you're like in meme culture and stuff like that and you're really following those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just some weird, some weird crap that goes on. Oh, yeah. You know? And I almost guarantee that this is something that started on Reddit. I could, I could guarantee it. Yeah. Some, they came up with this idea on Reddit. Probably. I, I haven't looked at Reddit, but I feel like that's almost and guaranteed. If it, didn't, if it didn't necessarily originate on Reddit, it was definitely amplified by Reddit. Right. So, Man. anyhow. Do you get on Reddit ever? I do. Yeah, I've actually gotten more and more on Reddit uh, as time's gone on. Yeah, I used to get on all the time, but I don't get on it near as much now. So, we're opposite. I keep growing, you keep ungrowing. Yeah, I feel keep like it's you. just kind of... It's lost steam a little bit. A lot. Uh, I will. I do see a lot of repeat posts. Like you know, yeah. they get recycled after so many years. Like I see, I see stuff that I saw two or three years ago pop up. Yeah, Instagram's kind of getting that way though too. Mm. It's just everybody wants to do something cool. People run out of original content. All right, what's your not? My not this week: house hunting. One of the reasons we had to reschedule the pod for Wednesday uh, is because after after you got off the radio yesterday, I was house hunting. Mm-hmm. And so my wife and I, we just started actually looking at houses, like going on visits and stuff to check stuff out. The first two houses that we wanted to view, literally the day of after we, or the day of scheduling them, we get a, we got a text from our realtor back, said that it had been sold twice. Mm-hmm. So on our third try, we finally got to go like get into a house, which is insane. It just it it blows my mind how fast. Houses can get listed and sold. Yeah. You have to be such on top of things. Otherwise, you're going to get passed up. You're looking in the Ames area? We are looking like between Pleasant Hill, Bondurant, Ankeny, and then... Man, yeah, don't go to Bondurant. You and your Bond... You guys are going to be the Bondurant Mafia. I. We are actually... Tonight, we are looking at a house in Bondurant. Oh, my God. But, okay. I, I'm not married to any of those towns. It's just the fact that... I, again, I work in Ames. My wife works in Des Moines. And then our, our family's all in like Southeast Iowa. Yeah. So if anywhere we'd like to be, it'd probably be on the east side of the metro just because it's you can zip where we need to go from over there. But yeah, it'd be funny because I do know that Chris lives in Bondurant. Doesn't Bloom live Bloom in Bondurant? Bloom also lives in Bondurant, yeah. So yeah, basically Cycle Fanatic just should just open a little another outlet. I was going to say like the world headquarters of Cycle Fanatic just needs to open in Bondurant. Yeah, we could just find like a, a building near Reclaim Rails Brewery or something. There's got to be like an old abandoned shack or something that we could buy. Probably. You know, and just like then even, make it even, look cool. It still has to look crappy on the outside because that's just, <laughs> you know, it'll be like our little bat cave. But then on the inside, we make it get, build like a cool studio and stuff. In uh, it. I like that idea. We, we could just buy a little a little uh, like 10 yard by 10 yard plot of land. That's all we need. <laughs> 10 yard by 10 yard. <laughs> it's like the size of an outhouse. Exactly. That's all. So anyways, but yeah, it's 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 interesting, you know, getting actually into the the going out and seeing all these houses things. There, there are fun parts of house hunting, and there are very not fun parts. Too. What did I put down for my nut? I can't even remember. You put down spring games, but we already oh, talked yeah, about Oh, yeah, we already talked about the spring game. So, Oh, crap. I should have remembered that. Great job, dude. Took uh, away your knot. So wait, wait. What else could I do? Um, is, is there it, anything else on your mind? Anything else on my mind? That's a tough one. I don't think so. We covered most everything on my mind. Is there anything that like Rob's done lately that you can use as not? Anything... Any of the other psychophatic staffers has it done? No. I mean, not that I can think of. Like, I can't even. No, I actually want to talk about this. Did you see Steve Carell's coming out with a new show? Mm-mm. I just saw this on Twitter. I was thinking about this earlier, though. So this is a not? No, no, I'm, this isn't even a not. This oh, okay. is just something to talk about. Because okay. I know you appreciate The Office. I do. I appreciate The Office as well. Uh, Steve Carell and Greg Daniels, who is one of the creators of The Office, uh, have announced a new show on Netflix 
called Space Force, and it will be about the sixth branch of the oh dear uh, of the armed forces, the Space Force. So is there okay? So they have announced it. There's no like trailer yet or anything. There's like, that, like a there? teaser, just that oh, really? kind of announced it. But mm. yeah, he's gonna star in it. So on which on which channel did you say it'll be on Netflix? Okay, so it's it's a comedy, I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would guess so. Because hmm. Greg Daniels created Parks and Rec too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something like that. So I'm sure it'll be kind of in. I would hope that it'll be in a similar format. That would be. So is is Steve Carell gonna be in it? Yeah, he's gonna star in it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Ooh, that'll be interesting then. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Nice. Now, now I'm kind of curious. I'm about to tune in. Have you seen anything on Netflix that you've enjoyed recently? Oh, I was. This was okay. I actually thought of my not now. Okay. Uh, you remember Fire Festival? Mm. Okay. Well, it was the festival? You know, allegedly started by Ja Rule. Uh, he oh, was kind no, of connected to it. I have no idea. Uh, but it was when the people, like all the rich kids, went to the Bahamas, and then they were like staying in the FEMA tents. And, mm. uh, and like their meal was like a bread with a piece of cheese and like some lettuce. Okay. Uh, there's, there was a documentary that came out on Hulu on Monday and there's actually going to be one that comes out on Netflix on Friday about the same thing. Mm. Uh, different filmmakers for each one. Mm. I don't understand. People were paying like $25,000 for this or like $250,000. Like, and it was such a scam mm. and you could tell that it was a scam from, just like you look at this stuff and you're like, man, there's no way that this is real. Yeah. It, how, how could this, how could anybody have fallen for this? Mm. And the way that it blew up, once you watch the documentary, you're just like, damn, there's some really stupid people in this world that, yeah. would, that would believe that this is a real thing. Yeah. Well, so I'll suggest people watch Fire Fraud on Hulu. I've, I have some questions about the one on Netflix. I'll probably watch it, but I, I'm skeptical. The thing about stupid people is you have to th think about like the most average person you know. And then think that they're literally there's that he's like the 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 50th percentile. Mm -hmm. Half of all people are dumber than that guy. You think about that. See, and in reality, like a lot of times, the most average guy you know, you probably look at him and you're and it's like you. I think of it being someone that's like they're not necessarily like they have their moments of being good at things, but then they have their moments of being bad at things. Yeah. And then like more often than than not, they just do like an adequate job yeah. at everything. They, they put along in life, never being that great of an achiever, but also oh, like they don't completely, you know, fail. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. So that's where I'm like, you, you think about that guy. And a lot of times you'll be like, man, like that guy is just, it's just that guy. He you exists. Know, he's just that guy. Yeah. And, and then you think about the idea of there being stupider people. And I almost don't know if you even encounter them, you know, yeah. like you you probably do. Maybe mm. you don't realize it. You don't have enough time spent with them to like realize, appreciate yeah. like how stupid they are. And there, are. and there are obviously different kinds of stupid too. Like there are some people just who aren't book smart and there are other people who are socially awkward. And those are two different kinds of, you know. It was a lot of these people that were getting in trouble for this. I mean, it was like, quote unquote, influencers. The people that, <laughs> you know, have developed a big Instagram following or yeah. something like that and have, for some reason, have... So people are drawn to them. So, okay. So, so in, on some level, they might actually be kind of smart, but like they were still stupid enough to not realize that this was not real. So the thing that the documentary was on, like would it, it would have happened in the last few years then? Yeah. It was in April of 2017. Okay. So, so pretty dang recently. Yeah. Yeah. Almost two years ago. Mm. Gotcha. I'm surprised you didn't remember this. It was a huge internet story. Mm. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. And it was like, uh, yeah, I don't, like I said, I don't understand how anybody fell for this. They had said that they bought an island that was owned by Pablo Escobar. And it's like this private island. And then in reality, it was like a big gravel pit yeah. right outside of like a sandals in uh, in the Bahamas. And it it made no sense. Like you, now that you see it, you're like, man, these people are really dumb. Yeah. And even the people that were working on it, they're like, there was no way this was ever going to work. And yet somehow they kept figuring out how to get more money to like get pe to fool people into thinking that it was going to work. Yeah. And now the guy who is, uh, who created it is like in trouble for like wire fraud and stuff like that. So that's another thing though, like the whole Instagram influencer side of things. I know that like some of, some of the people who do that are, you know, very genuine and they, what they do is, is somewhat realistic to what they do every day. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I also know people who have gone on like trips and then they take a, a crap ton of different pictures and then they just like post those same pictures from that like week long trip for y years. And that's like, and they, they get so much content out of one 
excursion. Sounds like the people that study abroad and then never let you forget. Yeah. But in a different way. Yeah. 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 That's, a, that's a good comparison. Yeah. So. Well, at least theirs are usually for an extended... Sorry to all the people that study abroad. But <laughs> no, I... Just, I that, that happens. Like, yeah. everybody knows that they're... Like, you can think of one person that you almost can't have a conversation with them about that without them, especially people our age, yeah. like without them telling you about the six months that they spent in Rome and or see, wherever. When- that, shout out to my friend, Alex. <laughs> he's my best friend. And he's at the point now where he, he has gotten to the point where he won't bring it up. Cause I'm like, I'm like oh, you, you'll give him grief. Oh, oh, you went to Italy, bro. I didn't know. <laughs> we only lived together for three years. You've only been telling me these stories forever. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like when, you know, obviously it'd be super fun. If you get to go, then that's super awesome for you. Enjoy it. You can post about it while you're there. Maybe like, maybe you have like a month window afterwards mm-hmm. that you can reflect a little bit. But after that, don't really, don't, well, there's no need to tell everyone about it. Well, and it's just like, we're like, yeah, we get it. Like you yeah. went, you went to Rome, you know? And it, it, I usually give him crap. Like he'll like tell a story that I've never heard. And, and you know, it's like, yeah, when I was in Rome and I was like, oh, you went to Rome? And it's like, <laughs> and he's like, yes, but yeah. He's you like, get, oh yeah, did you know? It's like technically I had to open the story with that, that, right. that small fact. Yeah. He just has to, it's just like a clarifier, but, mm-hmm. uh, but then he'll tell a story and it's like actually a good story. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> cool. All right. All right. Yeah. I guess I'll let you talk about the time you went to Rome. Uh, all right. Somebody told us on the forums that we need to do more hot, not more less, hot. Yeah. less would you rather. And that shocked me. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm, I don't really have too many big opinions, but I guess I would have, I would have figured that people like the, the would you rather. Yeah. Apparently not. At least not that one guy. No. I was thinking maybe we could think of some new stuff. We know. should. It has been a while because we, we added would you rather a few months ago. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just probably technically the newest part of the, yeah. the stands of Fitz pod, but really. And we've. Maybe it's run its course. Just got to keep it cycling through. Might have to. Hot and Knot's like the only thing that we've done for the entire time. It, yeah, it is. Because obviously we had bad beer there at the beginning. Rest in peace. Right. Rest in peace and peace. Um, and then obviously we've kind of done some mailbag questions every now and then too. Yeah. But yeah, Hot and Knot. I saw you submitted a mailbag question. I did. Chris didn't answer it. I was a little bit disappointed. I wasn't surprised that you didn't answer, to be completely honest. Okay, but okay. But Other people reacted on the forums, so. Regarding my, my question, uh, what has Chris ever told you about dating advice? Like, what, 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 because I, I guarantee he has said something to you at some point about how to reel in the ladies. Man, I've gotten more. See, and I, and I, like, the, sometimes the, like, lines are blurred between seriousness and not seriousness oh, yeah. so it's like he'll tell you something or tell me something and i'm like and i just kind of sit there and I'm like, i don't know i'm gonna assume that he's not that he's kidding <laughs> yeah uh and i just i kind of just move on from it you know uh but no he doesn't he doesn't give he gives me advice but it's not like stuff that <laughs> okay. i'm gonna probably come share on the podcast yeah you know just uh, like joking around kind yeah, of stuff it, i gotcha yeah it would be more of a yeah yeah, just kidding around. Stuff. Well, I, I I teed it up. He could have shared one of those jokes on on the mailbag, but chose to ignore me. So feel, feel a little bit hurt. Meanwhile, I made it into the mailbag. So you did. Yeah, I saw that. So good for you. Congratulations. Thank you. It's like that one time you you studied abroad in Italy. Keep on bringing <laughs> it up. All right. So uh, we'll do a couple would you rather's, I guess. I don't have numbers on this one, but so I'm just gonna pick one or two. Okay. Okay. Would you rather end death due to car accidents or end terrorism? <laughs> end terrorism, probably. Okay. Because uh, car accidents is, or terrorism is a very uh, evil thing. Right. Whereas car accidents is just like chance. Yeah. I mean, car accidents just happen, you yeah. know, like that is not planned more often than not. Yeah. Terrorism is a planned attack and it's like meant to, I mean, it's literally meant to create terror. It's meant to create panic. So what's, what's, okay. So that's, that was pretty easy. But like, what, let's substitute in something that's a little more uh, chance related, kind of like car accidents. Uh-huh. It's more of an incident. Um, is there something that comes to mind um, as far as that? So I'm trying to think of common ways that people might die to chance. Plane wrecks, I guess. Plane wrecks or car accidents? Uh, I mean, I would actually assume that more people probably... A lot more people probably die from car wrecks than they do yeah. plane crashes. Oh, I'm sure. So then I would say probably plane or probably car wrecks. Like, but but you also have to think technically the people who die in plane crashes probably go through much more trauma, like while, while through the whole process. Because if you, if a plane but goes do down, you? but do you? Because I, I figure if if a plane goes down, like you're gonna have like two or three minutes until you like you you impact mm-hmm. that you're gonna be like thinking, 
oh crap, this is the end. Like, what do I do now? See, but the thing is with it, if it is a plane crash, like depending on the circumstances of it, I would think that maybe the cabin like got depressurized, you know, mm-hmm. and then like you die before you would ever even hit the ground or anything like that. That could be. Or, but then with like a car accident, like you could get in a car accident and you survive the initial accident and then die later, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. This is really dark. Like this is a really dark consideration. Sorry. I, I really opened up this. Would you rather with a dark one? Yeah. But maybe I should, I'll, Man, I'll, try, I get, I'll, I'll try to find a happier one. To no, I'd on. have to say car accidents though, just because I, I feel like there's probably, there's probably a lot more people that die from car accidents than they do from plane crashes. I just read this one. This is such an easy, this is so easy. I don't know why this would ever be a debate. Would you rather be a millionaire by winning the lottery or by working hundred hours a week? <laughs> I mean, so I guess that's, that's fishing for the people who are like, oh, I'd rather work for my money. I'd rather earn it. But at the same time. Absolutely not. No, I'd rather win the lottery. Yeah, I would definitely rather win the lottery. So that's not, a, that's not an official. Uh, anybody who says otherwise, I'm just going to be honest. Like, you're just being an ass. Like, if you're yeah. like, oh, I'd rather work for my money than win $100 million for paying two mm. or whatever you have to pay to get a lottery ticket, you know? Yeah. Let's see. Okay, here's, here's a decent one. Would you rather rule the world or live in a world with absolutely no problems at all? So basically, do you want to be in charge of everything or do you want to just live where there's no problems? Uh, probably live where there's no problems because I feel like if you're the ruler of the world, you would have a lot of problems. You, you know? would, yeah. That's e- like a more money, more problems situation. It is because even though you could you could enact the laws and, you know, thoughts and feelings that you're feeling people would be mad at you there'd always be someone that's unhappy and therefore there's always probably someone that's trying to overthrow you you know or or flat out kill you right and that's what i'm saying like you're constantly battling to maintain your power and at that point i'd just rather have have no problems yeah i agree with you there let me i'm trying i'm trying to find a happy one here that was that was kind of middle of the road um okay here's here's oh here's one this one is uh, one that the ladies, prospective Jerry Stansberry ladies, might be uh, interested in hearing. <laughs> Would you rather have three kids and no money or no kids with $3 million? <sighs> so I'm, I'm going to say that, okay, so here, here's, here's the, what I'm going to say the criteria for this is. For three kids with no money, you can live a regular life. Like going forward, like you can get a re- another job, uh-huh. but like it's it's a poor job. So like you're basically you basically live enough for your family to live. Correct. Or make enough for your family to live. Yeah. Or you can never have kids, but you get three million dollars. I would probably go with never have kids, and then I would, uh, I would make sure, and I mean, I'd have enough money that I would be able to guarantee that I could maintain my friendships with like with my close friends mm-hmm. so that then once they have kids, I'll just be the cool rich uncle uh, that's could- always buying stuff for them. And therefore I will still have an opportunity to spoil kids, but they will not be mine. And I won't have to have any of the hard stuff of, uh, of being a parent. Good answer. Good answer. That's the family feud clap with the good answer. Thank for, you for me right there. Thank I like you. That. Yeah. I feel like I worked my way around that one. You did very nicely because being being the the rich uncle who can only bring smiles to kids' faces is the the best role to be in, without a doubt. All right, thanks, man, for coming in. Yeah, no problem. Uh, hopefully, the Cyclones got a win over Texas Tech tonight, and everybody is very happy. Thanks again to Seth Zier for coming on the podcast, talking to us about the professional NBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. Thanks to Carl Chevrolet for presenting the Carl Chevrolet Podcast Studios in Ankeny. We will talk to you guys again soon. Beat the Cowboys. Peace.